Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. Today's episode, I'm excited to talk about an event I ran today. It was one of the first in-person events we've done in a while, uh, and it went way smoother, so I wanted to discuss that. I wanted to share that process uh, from the spectator's point of view or you know, someone who's an enthusiast, and then also from the producing and directing side of things uh, in terms of production and event planning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's going to be the main topic for tonight, uh, and hopefully I can share some knowledge as well in terms of for like tournament organizers or people who want to run events, maybe be on the streaming side uh, or the producing side. I want to be able to help those people too, not just competitive fighting games. So sometimes the development is more focused on broadcast that's a lot of what my attention has been outside of coaching so i want to share that knowledge and talk about that process as much as i can i have a few other topics i'm going to hit as well but of course my name is tavian napier and uh, i am a live coach a competitive gamer i'm a caster shoutcaster and uh, so many other things in the gaming world in the esports industry Uh, i work for a couple of different colleges and some after school programs and i just have a lot of experience in terms of programs with esports like high school esports and college collegiate esports Uh, I have like four years of experience with it now I'm not saying I'm the best at it but I've learned and I want to share that knowledge and talk about it process it uh, learn from my own back and forth and sometimes have guests on the show Uh, normally what I do is uh, on this podcast I talk about my personal updates things that I'm working on or want to talk about uh, things that I'm excited about and then I usually get into some fighting game topics and then I have maybe one topic. It may be fighting game related. It may not. But it's usually something focused around the world of competitive gaming uh, or a competitive mindset or uh, culture in terms of fight, of gaming community. Sometimes FGC, sometimes not. I'm just interested in a lot of things. I want to share that conversation. And I'm working on getting more guests back on the show because uh, I want to have some back and forth, not just talking to myself and, and having my own ideas. I don't want to be an echo chamber. I want to get different ideas, different viewpoints, and uh, get it from people who are experienced in different areas. So look forward to that i'm trying to schedule some right now um i have one guest that i'm hoping he's already agreed to it i want to get a schedule before i say anything about it but for now let's get into these topics So in terms of life and career updates, uh, first off, talking about what I'm reading or listening to audiobooks-wise, I am done with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. No, no, no. Goblet of Fire. Sorry. I am done with Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire. Just finished it. I, I really enjoyed it. There were some things that felt like they didn't finish addressing, like the... Uh, I don't know if you guys have read the book before. If you haven't, there's this whole story arc about helping the elves the uh, house elves which if you if you know what the movies are then you know uh, if you don't then you don't because <laughs> i don't want to re-explain it uh, but essentially you know there's this whole arc where she's trying to rescue or, or help to what's the term for it it's almost liberate the house elves they're, they're essentially slaves but they want to be as a culture that's just their mindset they want to serve other people they deserve to be punished and yada 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 and there's only like one elf that didn't have that and wanted to be a free elf and became a free elf and uh, Hermione if you know Hermione she's trying to liberate all the elves and like the elves are not wanting to be about it they're like really ashamed and kind of disgusted by the idea so that's not fully resolved yet I don't know if they're going to revisit that because they never talk about it at all in the movies I don't think they only show two house elves I, I believe they only show Dobby and Creature that I know of maybe some other ones in the background or something like that but no actual dialogue interactions like no major ones anyway uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. The the scene where Harry Potter is transported with the the Goblet of Fire, the you know, that device. I can't think of the term right now, the magic device where they teleport to somewhere else. A port key. Port key. Got it. I'm a nerd. I got these things. 
Uh, but yeah, they use a port key to teleport to somewhere else. It's, there's a lot of sabotage and collusion. Some crazy stuff's going on. A lot of it from the movie as well. But some scenes were explained in like more graphic detail than what they show on TV. I don't know. It, it's more painful for me to hear about getting someone's hand cut off like someone cutting off their hand versus just seeing it for a couple of frames and then it's done like you have to listen to the dialogue of them describing how a hand cu cuts off and like goes into the the cauldron and i don't know that, that was kind of crazy i've read several books like this before so it's nothing i'm new to but it's always it's weird for harry potter i, I didn't feel like harry potter got dark for sure the movies they definitely got dark but not as graphic i feel like they didn't show like a bunch of blood like over the top right and again this book wasn't over the top violent by any means it's just when they went into the violent stuff they described it more detailed like they have to you know because you're listening to it or you're reading it if you're reading the re uh, the regular version of the book <laughs> if you're a normal person and you actually read the book and you're not just uh someone who listens to audiobooks like me but hey i'd rather do it one way or another but i digress i'm just excited but also a little bit tired because it was a long event um and i'm excited to talk about it but i'll get to that in a little bit outside of that i i am planning on starting to read the Bible or listen to the, the audiobook of the Bible. Uh, it's a long story. I have talked about it in past episodes, but essentially I, I'm i ready to start that book because I have this one finished. I'm just also clearing out a lot of other content that I'm starting to watch and, and managing that because uh, in terms of content, I've been watching a lot of tutorials on production and recording and broadcasting. A lot of it is like OBS or VMix, just getting creative ideas on how to do things. Uh, I've been learning so much about like production and broadcasting that uh, I don't know I'm not gonna say I'm obsessed with it but I love doing it all the time and learning about it whether it be on my personal stream or whether it be for an esports organization like Albion or Western uh, it's just fun to do and I find that I'm I have high expectations of it but I also allow myself to just learn and be where I'm at with what I have if that makes sense I'm just trying to get better at it I'm not trying to be like super famous or popular I just want to improve the skill and if that happens then that happens great you know uh, but for me you know, it's just, it's fun, and so I've been watching a lot of tutorials on vMix, and uh, there's one guy, I can't think of his name right now, but he has a bunch of creative OBS tutorials. If I can find the name, then I'll put the link in the tutorial. Uh, I don't recommend vMix unless you have a big organization that's willing to pay for it, because that's really expensive, but OBS with plugins can do a whole bunch of the stuff that this program can do as well. That's a lot of what I've been going to, and then a few, like, random YouTube videos here and there, uh, looking at a few Elden Ring compilations, those kind of crack me up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what Elden Ring is. For those who do, uh, just seeing a couple of those clips every now and then of like funny things that happen is just entertaining to me. Uh, since spring break is over, I haven't really been able to play as many games. So I'm hoping to really get back to it. I've been streaming it every time I played it. So if you do want to see that and <laughs> guide me along the way, then by all means, because this is my first Soul game, Souls game. And uh, I usually tweet it out, so follow me on Twitter if you know want to know when I'm streaming. Uh, that's, that's the best way to do it. The last update that I want to hit on is I started going to the gym. I got a gym membership at Planet Fitness. I know some of you, you don't like it, whatever. It's very convenient for me. Uh, and yeah, I started working out this week. I'm still kind of sore. I'm still kind of hurting from that. I need to sleep more and recover, but uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. And maybe it's a combination of the sun being out, but I just feel like less drained, you know? Uh, for me, the wintertime is just, I get that seasonal depression, I'm just unmotivated and a little sad, but not really any good reason. And a lot of it is just from the sun not being out, but also exercising after I get home from work. Sometimes I get off of work, um, you know, I have an hour drive, I get home around like 10, 11, uh, and 
I'm not going to bed. Like, I'm still kind of wired, so it takes a while for me to fall asleep anyway. So rather than being at home and kind of wa wasting time watching anime or something like that, I hit the gym first. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. So I'm not as... for so, Like, I don't know, for some reason when I... Like, in the wintertime, I just get easily distracted and I just want to, like, not go to sleep. And uh, I'm not tired enough, but I'm still kind of sleepy. It's hard to explain. If you have sleep issues, maybe then you can relate. But if you don't have sleep issues, then uh, it's just something that some people psychologically deal with. And I've been struggling with it during this winter time, and I'm getting better at that because partly uh, the sun and also going to this gym. So working out and uh, starting to develop a routine. This is something I used to do for a long time when I was in my 20s. I just routinely went to the gym after work and... Uh, I worked on not just my muscles, but my mindset. Like, I made sure I was breathing. Uh, I was really insecure at the time, so uh, I had to train myself how to not care what other people thought about me. Because I would find that I would get easily distracted just when I looked at people. Or, you know, I would start thinking about what they think about me. Oh, I look stupid. Oh, I look fat. Oh, this and that, right? And I realized I was literally creating scenarios in my head of what other people may or may not be thinking about me. Like just making up stories in my head essentially and then having emotional reactions to them. So I stopped making up those stories in my head and I only focused on my like, you know, the, the weights are heavy, then I got to focus on my breathing and I got to focus on my form because I don't want to injure myself and I'm trying my best to improve my muscles. So uh, getting back to that routine is something that has really helped with my depression in the past and something that feels home when I get back into that habit. So I've only been doing it for one week. I have been going to the gym at Albion. I've been exercising with the students uh, this whole semester. So I have been going to the gym, but that was just once a week. Uh, now I'm essentially, once I stop traveling for work, uh, and I'll be back here, it'll be about four times a week, uh, but not overworking myself, right? But just finding that time, making that time, and then sticking to that schedule, it's something that's been a struggle during this pandemic. And now that I'm getting back into the groove of working and, and fathering, uh, I can add in that that time and invest that money into working out and bettering myself so that I have a better mindset, so that I'm healthier, so that uh, I can do more stuff, I'll have more energy. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really good. I'm on that path. I'll give you guys updates as I go because uh, working out was something that really changed my life. There was two things: fighting games and lifting weights. Essentially, or exercising. Those were those were my whole life for like a good four years, where I only focused on that, and then tried to also focus on my career at a certain point as well, and add that to the balance. And that that's when things got really hard is trying to work on your career. Uh, so it, it just feels good to kind of go back to the roots of personal development for me. That was really what changed my mindset was getting into that, and then creating that routine going to the gym every day like i basically went five days a week at a certain point i started off slow and then eased my way up to five days and uh i lost a bunch of weight gained a bunch bunch of muscle and i, I want that back right i'm 35 now but uh from as far as i can see it's still possible to maintain a healthy body i don't want to be like anybody else i just want to be able to run around with my son and if i want to go do some hiking and stuff like that i want my body to be able to hold up to it i like i'm interested in hiking i'm interested in uh cycling there's a lot of things like gymnastics or martial arts maybe not gymnastics these days but you know those are things i used to do uh i used to be very very agile and i'm not going to get back to where i was in the past but I do want to see what this body is capable of at the age that I'm at. Uh, so for older people, you might be able to relate to that. Uh, younger people just value your body while you have it. If you have a healthy body, it is an interesting situation when your body doesn't do the things you want it to do, or you're afraid that if you do the thing that your mind wants you to do, you might break your body. <laughs> uh, just from like more simple movements, not jumping off a building or something like that. Just like, you know, sprinting after your son. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just something that I believe now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing, but I'm also working on it. 
I also want to point out, last last thing I'll say is that if you're a Napoleon Dynamite fan and you thought Rico was ridiculous, wait until you get around 30 to 40 and he might make a lot more sense. <laughs> because I just thought Uncle Rico was an idiot when I was young. And now I understand, like, you know, the, the football over the mountains, like just him gazing off into the distance, thinking about his past, his heyday. I I can relate in some ways. I'm not saying it's the same situation for me, but it's just, it's hilarious. And I appreciate the comedy behind that character, but I also find him relatable now. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So let's move on to our other topics. Okay, so a point that I really gotta hit is, I saw this post in a Reddit, and I've seen this question, I've had this conversation several times, and it's the question of do tier lists matter, and it was specifically for newer players, and unfortunately there wasn't a lot of interaction in the Reddit, I'll post a link so maybe other people can contribute to it as well, uh, but I want to discuss that topic, and I want to revisit that topic and talk about it, and, and really try to share my my point of view on it, right? Because the biggest thing for me that I want people to take away from this topic is that a lot of people are mentally hindered because of their perceptions of tier lists. And it happens all the time. So my main idea or my main point here is that no, tier lists do not matter for most players unless you're one of the best, right? But I'm not saying there's not information that you can get from a tier list. So keep that in mind, right? That's the main thing I want to hit on. But I also just want to talk about and point out the fact that in terms of tier lists, a lot of people, I see this habit all the time at different varying skills, they limit their mindset. They make excuses, right? They Tier list is a crutch that people use to help them hold up all the excuses that they're holding, right? They're they're making a bunch of excuses. This character does this. My character can't do this. Yada, yada, yada. But you see other players using that character and winning against the opponents that they might be complaining about. So what is the difference? It is probably partially their work ethic, their mentality. It's like, I've talked about this before. Being black, you're born with a disadvantage. But just because you have disadvantages doesn't mean you can't get what other people have. It just means you might have to work harder or differently or harder and differently to get those things. That's just the way it is. The same thing with a fighting game character. I can't say for all other games, right? But for fighting games, most often for the more balanced games, not the older ones, the newer ones that are making now, your tier list don't matter to you, right? Unless you're the best of the best, there's no reason to talk about it. What you can talk about is what the characters do, what you're not able to do in certain situations, what your options are, even if they are limited, what can you do? What creative ideas can you get around the situations that you might be dealing with? Those are the things that only matter. All these excuses that people make in the FGC and in, even in other games too sometimes, it's over the top and y'all gotta just stop. You gotta just stop talking about tier lists. Like, it, it's so frustrating to me. I think they're informational. I think they're kind of cool. Uh, but the way people start to worship and choose what they want to do based around just that tier list and not really understand what makes those characters good in the first place or what other skills you might be able to utilize with characters that maybe fit your playstyle a little bit better. Like, yes, I'm not saying totally ignore. If you want to, if you're willing to put in the work with the highest tier character to get better 
and you can actually put in that work ethic and that character makes sense to you, then great. But if that character doesn't click with you sometimes, it just doesn't click with you. And if you don't have the work ethic to make it work, then you're just going to be pissed off the whole time and I have to listen to you complain or somebody else has to listen to you complain. And I'll tell you what, that's not really productive. It's not productive. So if you're someone who's legitimately trying to get better, not someone who just plays the game casually to have fun. If you're someone who legitimately wants to get better, making excuses and talking about tier lists, I think is a 100% waste of time. And I will probably die on that hill. Because if you're not the best of the best, then you're making excuses for why you can't beat your opponent. That's just a fact of the matter. They're better than you. You can't figure out what to do to beat them. It's you, it's not the character. So stop blaming the character, all right? Rant over. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so another FGC news I gotta talk about here is there was a video that released for Capcom and they have a big update for Street Fighter V, right? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I'll post a link for this as well. I, so I don't know about my characters. I didn't see any Karin or any Fong gameplay, but a lot of characters have a bunch of new ridiculous stuff. And I, I don't know 100%. They only showed a teaser, essentially. They didn't show an explanation or anything like that. So we don't know 100% what the changes are. But they're adding, you know, a lot of new combo routes. They're also adding some cool filters, which I don't think any of them work online. But they're really cool looking. Uh, so they're, they're kind of, I think, doing their last hurrah into this game. And that's that's pretty cool. You know, they're adding new skins. If you like the track suits, they're adding multiple colors to the track suits because before they only had red, white, and blue and like an inverted version of that where it does a bunch more white instead of more blue or something like that. Uh, and so they added more colors to that. You know, it seems like as a whole, the FGC is pretty excited about it, which is very rare to get Street Fighter V news where people are unanimously happy about something. <laughs> <laughs> if a new character comes out and make changes, almost somebody's complaining about it. And I haven't really seen, I haven't looked for it, but I haven't seen any complaints on my feed. So I think that's a really interesting thing is that the FGC is generally excited about this update for Street Fighter V. Uh, I'm not going to complain about it because I prefer when people aren't just cr like crying about stuff all the time. You know, they, you don't like the game, whatever, it, it blah, I don't care. But... If you like the game, you know, and, and there's you're seeing updates that are exciting for everybody, it's rare. It's worth pointing out. It's worth talking about. I, I will give more updates when I have more updates on that in case you guys don't really follow a lot of, you know, Street Fighter V uh, on social media and, and their, you know, trailers and stuff. Uh, I tend to. I like to follow game developers just because I used to be a developer and I appreciate them, but I'm also a fan. Uh, but I also will acknowledge a lot of times when I do, you know, I won't give them a lot of money because I think sometimes they don't make very moral choices. I think they make very much financial choices, but at the same time, I appreciate the work that they put out. Uh, so they're not despicable enough for me to want to not buy their games, but uh, I'm not giving them a bunch of money. Like I don't get Monster Hunter and all these other games. I just strictly do Street Fighter stuff. And then if something's on sale, like an old Devil May Cry, I might scoop that up, but that's where I sit with that. But needless to say, I'm excited as well. I've been getting back into Street Fighter V a little bit. I've been doing some coaching on the side for some high schools, and that's been really fun and exciting for me to get back into it and learn new characters. Um, so I kind of re rekindled, and then right after I started doing that again, you know, this update comes out. So I'm just, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see it. Um, I will post a link to the video as well because it's it's worth watching if you're a Street Fighter player and you you know know a little bit about the characters. All right, so the last thing that I'll talk about before I dip off here because I'm tired is 
the tournament that we ran at our eSports arena. So for those who don't know, I work for Western Michigan University as their basically their eSports coordinator. I handle a bunch of things, but one of those things is tournament organizing and production. Uh, so we worked with another college, GVSU, and uh, we held the first part of the tournament at our arena today. So that ran from, I was there at the arena from 11 to 7, basically. We got there early, um, got there at 11, set up everything, did our sound checks, our video checks, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, uh, had check-in for the players at 12 and then doors opened at 1 uh, to the general general people and then started at 2. From there, we ran our Valorant tournament, which we did WMU versus GVSU. And GVSU took that one pretty, in my opinion, pretty unanimously in Valorant. Uh, it was pretty fun. I hope to put some gameplay up here, some videos from that. Uh, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, then I'm, I'm going to try my best to put some video up here as well. Because I, I think it's pretty cool to see some pictures of the arena, but also see the gameplay because the players are really good as well. Uh, so it's just, it's so fun. And I, I, I got a tangent in a little bit, but I'm going to stay on point for right now. So then immediately after that, we ran the R6 tournament. And we actually wound up winning the R6 tournament. Next week, we're going to be going to their location, or tomorrow we're going to be going to their location, I should say. I gotta go to bed after this to go there. We'll be doing Overwatch, Rocket League, and then League of Legends. Basically, it's, it's a first, it's the best three out of five with five games. Um, we're gonna run all the games regardless, just because it's fun to do. Uh, but there will be a trophy later on with whoever won overall, right? So it's just kind of an exciting rivalry that we can do, uh, kind of support multiple games at the same time, but also work on student production. To get back to the event we did today uh, it seemed like we didn't have a lot of people in the audience maybe like 30 to 40 because we didn't do a lot of marketing we don't have a marketer right now unfortunately but you know we have friends and family and teammates supporting them and coming through and cheering in person and we had uh, a decent stream as well having like 50 to 60 concurrent viewers uh, just kind of interacting and talking and chatting being silly and memeing and all that kind of stuff you know having to time out some people for saying some things <laughs> uh, but it it that was really good. It seemed like the player experience and the spectator experience was good from the people that I asked. I tried to mingle a little bit. I did a little bit of less of that today than I normally do. I said that kind of weird, but whatever. I did try to pay attention. I sat in the audience. I sat in the back of the audience and just looked at the crowd and saw what people are doing and saw how engaged they were. You know, some people, if they were on their phone uh, versus actually watching the game, you know, some people might have got drugged to it. So I just, I just wanted to see the audience interaction and it seemed like... It was really fun and then watching the game myself trying to have a, a spectator's mindset sometimes and letting the production crew just do their thing uh, and not have to direct every single movement I, I think it's important to have a little bit of independence and not have to have me there giving the timing all the time i think they should learn the timing on their own although generally you will have someone giving you cues in a bigger production but we don't have a bigger team so we gotta make do with what we have in the training process for that I got to teach them multiple skills, so that's kind of what I'm doing. But yeah, to get, to talk about production right after that, um, I will say I have two student employees that we're training right now. You know, I wrote a manual and I created a training process based off of that manual specifically for the arena and how we have our production set up. So we used the program of vMix. I had to train them on that, but I also, along that way, uh, we made... If you know anything about streaming, like OBS or anything of that nature, you can have different profiles with different assets, different hotkeys, different... Um, you know, videos or whatever you may need for that game. Overlays, it's very specific to that profile. Um, and we had one that we basically have a template at this point where they're mostly all the same, like same assets, you know, commentator things, uh, audio feeds, video feeds, gameplay. Well, we have very similar, but just individualized for the needs. 
And with that, you know, I have a little visual aid that I pop up there so they can use the X keys and just look at that to see what the buttons do. Uh, I plan on optimizing that more later on, but it works for what we have right now. But just seeing these students from some of the weekly training we've been doing with our varsity games, our online games and training them with that one, they did very well at the actual live event. And then of course I had uh, my student employee who's been working there since the start of this basically. Uh, he, he worked, you know, he got brought back on as well after the pandemic and we've been working together and doing a lot of the planning as well. So a lot of the planning portion of it and designing the aesthetic was all him or I guess him and I, but I, I helped him and guided him along the way. And like he did most of it and he had creative ideas and I would just tweak them and fine tune them and then he would make the profile and i would go behind them and look at the profile and optimize it and show him how to do the hotkeys because if you have this elaborate setup but you have to hit multiple buttons to do that it makes it less efficient so i took a lot of the work that he did and cleaned it up and and made buttons for everything that needed to get done for the most part you know if there was an overlay that needed to pop up a scoreboard to be updated you know almost anything that could be added to a hotkey i added it to a hotkey uh, just to make things easier for my production crew as well and then i made that as structured and ordered as possible so you know was, there was number representation the overlay to help them out i'll, I'll try to get the visual aid up here uh, for the youtube version um, so I, I kind of set up all the tools they needed and let them do it and then I would direct them and have them do the timing like okay switch to this overlay right now um, you know fade down the music here change the lighting in the arena here because there's lighting right we still have to handle lighting and sound and and dealing with the video and the transitions and working with the casters we have a caster station I talked about in the past and, and kind of getting them in I think overall it just it really really went good and it made me more confident in my training process because I think this is the smoothest cover, like smoothest production that we've had uh, in a while, if at all. And I think we lost a lot of steam when the pandemic hit and we sort of had to relearn everything. You know, we opened up the arena after a year and a half, you know, and dusted everything off. It takes a little while to get back into it. And so we hadn't been doing a lot of tournaments anyway because we've been focusing on varsity. But my idea was since we have weekly games for the varsity, we just practice production streaming their games uh, because we can still do it even though they're playing an online match. As long as we have a spectator that can hop in from our side, we can get that video feed. We can we can get casters to come in. Uh, we try to get student casters. Sometimes I'll do some shout casting if no one is available because, you know, sometimes there's midterms or college things that happen. So, yeah, I I'll do that when needed. But for the most part, students do the commentary. And that's that's really nice because, again, they're getting experiences going towards their commentators reel. Everything that I've talked about from the playing to the production to the planning, uh, that's stuff that can go on their resume. So I'm helping these kids get into I should, I should say young adults actually they're not technically kids but they're not technically adults either uh but either way you know helping them build their portfolio their their resume their mindset uh, those are things that are incredibly rewarding for me but it's also really really fun to do and it's something that uh, I'm hoping I can do full-time in the future. I still want to have my side thing with my content. I'm not stopping my content this time because I really messed up last time. When I started working at WMU originally, I stopped making content as much. And uh, I, it was justifiable. You know, I had just had a kid. I had just bought a house and I had just got a new job that changed my whole career. And I was making more money than I ever had. Uh, so I had way less time to commit to that. But it just having my own brand and having my own business outside of just this one job uh, is good for job security. So I'm still working on this podcast, and that's one of the reasons I'm trying to keep this more like a business, even though it's more of a hobby right now, is I I want to be able to maintain my career and travel and do gaming things, even if I don't have this job. But I really love this job, I don't want to lose it, and it doesn't seem like anyone wants to fire me, so I'm trying to uh, really do my best and uh, kind of add my life's work to it to some degree. 
uh, because there's a lot of ideas I have that I can utilize through this. So they're almost like my my sponsor in a way, and I just kind of use their arena to paint the pictures that I have in my head, uh, and I help the, stu the students help me to create that, and they add their vision to it as well. It, it's really fun. You know, I'm kind of getting philosophical about it, but that's what I do. But I'm just really excited about it. I had a lot of fun, and... Uh, even though leading up to these events, I get a little bit nervous and stressed. It's not, it's almost like a competitive stress, right? It, you're excited to do the thing, but at the same time, you're nervous and in the back of your mind having what if, but, you know, letting your heart race and be excited, but not letting it hold you back from doing your best. It, that, that kind of equilibrium is very exciting to me. It's not always fun, but I, I don't think anything that is truly worth like putting your like your best effort into uh if there's no risk of failure or there's no risk of consequences if you, things don't go right i i don't think that drives you to be your best at least not me i don't think it drives me to be my best so having you know having to do things live like live production if you mess up is noticeable a lot of times if you don't play it off very well so we had to you know minimize mistakes and I, that's one of the reasons why i think this tournament went so well is because there was you know minimal to no mistakes good ideas added towards the tail end improvisation to deal with any like issues that we had that were out of our control in terms of like technology or the game not working properly uh, we managed it as best that we could one of my concerns is that i had learned so many different things and how to troubleshoot so much stuff that a lot of the stuff was stuck in my head and most other people didn't know how to do it because we didn't have the staffing to do it so i know how to do basically everything in the arena uh, but I'm not an expert in those things. I just know how to do it and make it work based off of what we have. In one way, that's good for job security. But it also makes you, it makes it really easy to get overworked because you become valuable in multiple different areas and there's nobody else who can replace you. That's not really fun. Like, it, it's not, you can't expand and grow if it's only you doing everything. So having these student employees and then also having a different department that I'm working with now that um, it's over at Student Affairs. And, you know, I don't think there was anything wrong with the other departments, departments but it wasn't as focused on the students. It was more focused on finances and then also, you know, IT, they kind of created this thing, but they weren't experts in competitive gaming or broadcasting. Uh, so they could only provide technical support. And I always appreciate that. And they also volunteered their time too. So they're great people. And then obviously the, you know, the, the focus on the financial side is, it, a college is a business. That's just the way it is. So that at the same time, it is something that has to be used for recruiting, but, that doesn't mean that we have to prioritize, you know, exploitation or any sort of underhanded tactics, right? It just makes us have something that other colleges don't offer. And I'm okay with that if I truly think it helps the students. And I do think this experience truly helps the students and most of the people that are involved, or I, I think all the people that are involved are willing to respect what it is and use it as a tool to help people be better people, you know, or help them boost their career in one way or another. So it's not something that, you know, yes, the college is benefiting from it, definitely. But I'm benefiting from it too. Students are benefiting from it. Other colleges come through and they also get to experience it and have fun and get their ideas and be inspired to do their own thing. So it's kind of cool to be this this beacon in a way and uh, have this experience and not, that's, you can't really get many other places in the state of Michigan. Uh, that's I'm very confident in saying that, at least on the collegiate level. To recap, this event was good. I'm excited to do more of these in the future. I'm excited to grow and to build this into a program that's really iconic and something that I'm, I'm proud of in, in like the future uh, that hopefully can boost my career because I like working for WMU for sure. There's other colleges that I work for as well that I, I do appreciate working for, um, but 
there's something exciting about working in like a half a million dollar arena and working with all this equipment. So uh, that, those are things that I'm thinking about right now, but I definitely appreciate all the things that I'm doing and all the different businesses. This is just one event of many that I'll probably talk about in the future because I want to share those experiences. Uh, I also want to recap my, my week just to share that with other people and to kind of hold myself accountable. You know, we talked about accountability through content. So yeah. That is going to be it for today. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Again, I'm sorry if I'm a little tired. I also have like a scratchy throat. I've had a little bit of a cough. So probably from talking so much and, and yelling. But thank you guys for hanging out with me. Today has been a great day, even though I am super tired. Uh, I'm going to get some rest. But the last thing that I'll say, if you guys are interested in audiobooks, like you're interested in the audiobook of Harry Potter, or I've talked about Viridian Gate Online as well, make sure you guys go to tvnapier.com audible. That is where you can get a free month of Audible, and also you can get one of the free tokens to get a free book on there as well. If you wind up keeping it and getting one of the services, then that's only when I will make a profit. If you try this out for free, I don't get anything off of it. So there is the plus version, which would be $7.95 a month, and that gets you access to any of the books on their catalog. There's some really cool ones too, like the first two books of Viridian Gate Online. I've talked about that in the past. It's kind of like, you know, if you're familiar with Sword Art Online or Dot .hack, maybe Ready Player One. It, it involves being in a VR world and, and basically being transported to that. You know, there's there's no redos, there's there's nothing. You die, you're done. Uh, and it's basically the whole entire world that, ha that has this happen. So it's a pretty interesting concept and I, I think the first two are free and then I wind up getting the rest of them. Those aren't free, but that's one book you can check out. Or the Premium Plus version, that one gets you access to the catalog as well, but it also gets you one title of your choice with the tokens, but it also gets you discounts on specific books as well. That one is $14.95. That's one that I do on a monthly basis. I, I get my one book a month. I also will sometimes buy books if they're really cheap or they become free sometimes. And I also check out the free catalog now because Breeding Gate Online kind of opened me up to the fact they might have some good books on there. So yeah, make sure you check that out, tabianapier.com. Again, thank you guys so much. And as always, I will see you all in the next one.